Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, for haftig kite and politik wohnen selten unter einem Dach. I'm Nick Houghton of 40%German.com and I'm joined by my co-host Simon Mannix. How are you this week, Simon? Have you recovered from the festivities of episode 50 last week? Yeah, I mean, there was no, we recorded in the morning, so there was no alcohol. So I, I didn't have a hangover <laughs> to deal with. I, I feel like I permanently have a hangover, but it's just, I guess, having a small child and not very little I'm sleep. about to say, I think you can, you can blame your infant daughter <laughs> <laughs> on that feeling. Yeah, totally. I, I've actually got a hangover because I was drinking Moscow Mules last night. Uh-huh. We really needed to stop recording on Sundays. Saturday was fine last week. It was good because there was obviously four people on the podcast, which made it, yeah, it's a logistical questions, right? I mean, I, I gave you the choice and you chose <laughs> Sunday and I did deem it Sunday fun day. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, I could have done both yesterday and today. It's all good. No problem. But uh, yeah, if you're going to keep turning up drunk. <laughs> I'm not I'm not drunk. I'm just I'm just not sober. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but we're, we're back to the... The, the general calmness of a, a two-person podcast after mm-hmm. the... It did feel like a bit of a party last week, what I felt yeah. anyway. The spirits are high, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the two guests, the lady Sandra and Dilly, did a, a good job of engaging with our frivolities. <clears throat> <laughs> Not just being like, these are stupid questions. I don't want to answer that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty solid. Yeah, anyway, that was, that was last week. Now it's episode 51, so... Let's let's stop living in the past, right? I mean, I guess the only question is, do we celebrate 52 as if it's our actual birthday? Do we get balloons? I mean, that's something, because you said the other week about how many hours we'd recorded for, and then I was like, oh, I don't think we've recorded like an hour a week. And then I remembered, oh, we, we record mm-hmm. sometimes for two hours per week. So yeah, it totally adds up. And then I was thinking, how is it? We've been doing it a year, and this is this is episode fifty-two. I couldn't have maths in my head here. I was like, "Well, we started in September. Shouldn't have that been episode fifty-two if we've done it every week?" It made no sense to me. But time, time, and numbers are my enemy, I guess. So yes, so yes to blues. Okay. So what's been happening? What's been going on since I spoke to you last? Yeah, not to get too too bleak i mean things are are changing rapidly obviously listeners will know what's going on in terms of corona and a potential looming lockdown in bavaria and so yeah for me i've just kind of been mentally preparing myself uh, to get into that headspace again we're not going to get locked down again i'm convinced we're not going to get locked down again Nah, I don't think so. The only thing that I was thinking was with the this whatever the new variant is. Richard had a really good tweet about this the other day, where where when they announced the name of the vaccine, which is is it Omicron? Omicron's the new strain, yeah. Omicron, that's it. And he said, why do they have to keep naming them after like their special forces units? <laughs> that's like spot on. It's really really funny. Well, I saw that Build are up in arms about the name because why? apparently if you followed the greek alphabet which of course is is where this comes from the next letters were due to be nu and then g x i and build are now making the accusation that it's been called omicron to avoid calling the next strain g because of xi jinping the the leader of people's republic of china i can't g obviously wouldn't like having the g strain so yeah i can sort of understand where they're coming from but it is a bit of a weird thing to be like and we're not even going to name it after a fucking dictator <laughs> it's got a weird tinge of sort of racism it's like calling it the chinese disease isn't it mm-hmm. that the trump was doing like why don't they call it build just call it build <laughs> why don't we call it reinhold or 
Jürgen or, I don't know, Suzanne or something. Like, you don't give it a name that someone else has because then it just destroys that name. Imagine if it was called Simon. They would say, oh, we're going to call this Strange Simon and then you'd have to change your name. I mean, we talked about this before and the way they name Storms. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, Storms can kill people too, but not in quite the numbers that uh, Corona is achieving. Yeah, it seems like a, a really a storm in a teacup. It'd be better if Build was just posting things like, you know, scientists explain why getting a vaccine is a sensible idea there isn't a global conspiracy you morons get a vaccine that would seem like a good way, use of their time and their front pages yeah but they're going to sell more if they mention soros it just seems a little bit ridiculous really i mean i'm i'm annoyed I'm, i was annoyed last week with the fact that people weren't taking the vaccine and then this week with obviously the news of this new strain it's like i'm annoyed with the whole of like europe it's like god you've been storing all this vaccine you could have been like distributing it you kind of expectation you distributed to the places that needed it the most. And now exactly what the scientists predicted would happen has happened, where they're like, oh, if you just leave it, it will mutate. Oh, look, here's a new mutation. I mean, and all of this is predictable, sadly. We'll just have to see what happens. Apparently, there's two cases in Bayern. Yeah, yeah, Bayern is the, is the first place in Germany to, to have confirmed cases of it. So, ooh, well done, Bayern. Uh, I mean, that's fine, really, because it's not like we'll have four million people who aren't unvaccinated. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, we fucking do. Oh, no. I'm basically very pessimistic about being able to fly to the UK now. And I'm pretty much probably going to have to miss Christmas Day if we do, because we're flying on the 24th. Okay. So with the new rules in place, if the new strain increases, then I can see us getting put on the red list. Yeah. But if it's just as as is, it would mean that we'll have to isolate even when we arrive. That's what the new rules mean. Exactly. So that's... That's not great. Uh, it's a deal breaker. It's not really possible. As you say, that seems to be the reaction. I think in South Africa, that's the policy mm. now. Only German nationals can fly back. And obviously, I'm not a German national yet. Mm. Uh, more on that later. Uh, that does feature in the episode. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I'm setting things up in every episode now. Look Are you this. setting stuff up for me? I didn't even know about this. I'm teasing. And Nick, Nick's so hungover, he's not even... <laughs> read the fine print at the bottom of the script yeah. I clearly haven't read all the information I just assumed it finished where it finished but hey hey listener we're all, we're all on tenterhooks now me isn't this exciting you. what a journey okay <laughs> Get, get excited. But it does seem only German nationals are being allowed back from South Africa with quarantine, and so that is going to limit it. We'll, we'll drunk on the Dalman and, and see what comes. We, there's a reason why we didn't talk about COVID in the beginning. Exactly. We broke that rule, and now we kind of have to. Um, so snow. Let's talk about snow instead. Yeah, let's talk about snow. You've, you've got a new acquisition, I believe, in your house. I do. I do. It's beautiful. Snow was forecast uh, for my area for the the end of the week that we're recording in, so last week for the listeners. And I knew I was underprepared. I knew I didn't have a snow shovel. Um, And obviously now I have an obligation to clear the street in front of my house. So I've been saying for a while, I've been threatening that I'm going to go and buy a snow shovel. And we spoke about this off record earlier, a couple of months ago, and I asked for your advice because I knew you had had a snow shovel in your life. And you just said, get a metal one. And that has stuck in my head. So I went out and, and spent 30 euros on a very, very handsome Schneescheibe um, from Fiskars. I, I've actually brought it up on Orbi's website because I went to Orbi to buy it. Shout out Orbi. And it's actually reduced. It, originally, it was 50 euros. <laughs> so I have, I've not only have I got a handsome thing, it's a deal as well. I'm looking forward to showing it to my neighbours. I mean, like, look, <laughs> I'm prepared. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting waiting uh to use it for the first time in in earnest i think i'm so we're so close to the, the alps 
that we'll get the weather here has been grim this week and i know like oh the brits are talking about the weather but there's something about imposing grayness that you get around this area where it does feel very claustrophobic and it's mm. so quiet you just feel like you're in one of those scandy murder dramas it feels like if there's someone's gonna get murdered and there's gonna be a very serious policeman come investigate it's gonna be round here i forget which year it was but i, I think i've been here about four years uh, so it'd be about 2014 2015 and there was it was it felt like three months where the weather was just grey every single day. I yeah. didn't see sunlight. And I'm British. The weather isn't necessarily a huge factor for me, and I'm resilient in the face of shit weather. But it was the first time where I was like, this is... I'm depressed <laughs> because of, really just because bad. of the it weather. It can get really bad. I can't handle bad. this. Just give me a little little flash of cloud. Well, like rain, rain or snow or something, mm. like anything, even a bit of like windy, but when it's just still and grey... Yeah. You feel it like it's kind of beautiful, but also mm-hmm. it's a little bit, yeah, you just feel a bit unnerved by the whole the whole thing. But I mean, we've we've had snow today and I don't have a snow shovel, so I'm just goes to show what kind of kind of different personalities your hosts are. One is the feckless grasshopper <laughs> and the other is the conscientious ant. I hope everyone gets that reference. I'm assuming we've got a well-read listenership. (laughs) (laughs) Lofty assumptions being made. (laughs) Good luck. I I believe in you, listener. I I reckon you've read at least six books. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we made a special appearance this week in in another, I was just going to say rival podcast, but I wouldn't say it's a rival podcast. It's a friendly no. friendly podcast i mean we were invited out someone was like these guys seem like they could be trusted so I, it was huge for me on a personal <laughs> level i was really thrilled that <laughs> someone was like yeah <laughs> i'm interested hearing what they have to say so we appeared on the expat cast hosted by our friend nicole yeah i enjoyed it it was enjoyable recording something that i knew i'd have no responsibility for once the record ended mm-hmm. it was just like record done all right man that was that was the end of it until i, I, I heard it after it was released yeah that's definitely different for you have you normally have to spend <laughs> six hours or so listening to me stutter over my lines through the edit and as you say it was really nice to i mean we knew what we were going to talk about roughly beforehand but we didn't know what questions we were going to be given or any specifics and yeah it was a real pleasure nicole was a, a really a great host and a really great interview mm. and yeah it was it was nice to to touch base with someone from, I mean, obviously a different country background, but we're all immigrants and people mm-hmm. trying to make it work here. And trying to integrate yourself through the media is really important if you do want to have a long-term mm-hmm. relationship with the country you're living in. We know people that have just sort of blasted through a decade here, kind of not really learning the language that seriously or not really engaging in the politics or the news of, of where they live. And that's fine. You can do that for sure. It is one of the luxuries of being an expat immigrant. Mm-hmm. But uh, we married into German families, and then I guess the responsibility changes a little bit. You need you you're no longer just a British guy uh, in a foreign country in the days of empire, just bandying around <laughs> with a collection of flags <laughs> and fine leather-bound books. <laughs> I, I'm listening to it. Because I always feel like I don't speak enough German, I don't read enough about German news, I don't know enough about what's happening. And so it was interesting listening to it and realising, oh, I do quite, read quite a lot. I don't know a lot, but I read a lot. <laughs> but I wish I wish I, I wish I could take in the knowledge of sort of German political comings and goings in the way that I can internalise British politics. Like, I can watch stuff and pick stuff up about British politics very quickly. And the system mm. makes a lot of sense. I do find... A lot of things about German politics still a bit confusing. 
and the dynamics between all the different parts. And so there's not an inherent knowledge there that I'm still working on and still building. And I think that always makes me question whether, you know, like, oh, I believe this, but do I really believe it? Is it based on solid foundation? So it's still mm-hmm. like a work in progress, but I feel like I've got a better grip over it over the last few years. Even if you just translate in newspaper pages, I do that sometimes with Süddeutsche Zeitung. Mostly with Süddeutsche Zeitung, I'd read a part of it in German, and then when as soon as I just can't comprehend what's being written, I just translate the page, and then I'm like, all right. And then I, then that does give you the chance to look at the German and the English because you can switch between the two. So there's lots of weird phrases that I'll, you'll sort of come across. I mean, it's, it's super rare that I get through a paragraph of some Deutsches Zeitung without needing to translate. It's, <laughs> it's very unusual. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of the, the big issue because uh, when I was teaching and I would say to my German students, like, read the British press. You'll learn about culture. You'll learn about all sorts of things. And in, in Britain, you can recommend five or six newspapers that are written for a sort of a, a lower vocabulary reading level, like this, this accessible language. Whereas here, the only one you can really do that with is build. And that's like the last paper you actually want to recommend someone to learn yeah, exactly. <laughs> about German culture with. Mm. Um, it's a lot more highbrow. And again, we're just getting into topics. So if you want to learn more about how you feel about this, check out the Expatcast. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we also had another little bit of a celebration. We celebrated episode 50 last week, and then there was a, a midweek celebration as... Uh, the decades from home twitter account got over the uh, over the hill to 400 followers i mean it's yeah. a small number but it's an important number it is anything round two two zeros on the end we're really really happy to to break through that and uh, yeah hopefully 500 will come soon enough <laughs> uh, so yeah if you if you are a, a fan um yeah tell your friends <laughs> tell your friends yeah get us more followers now i think it's yeah. i mean it's all relative really it's it's nice i like i like it that people share the podcast and talk about it i always find it a little bit of a sort of boost when you see someone's written something nice uh, karen wrote something really lovely we've been thanking her in the end of the podcast a lot so you get a full shout out in the middle of the show karen yeah she wrote something really lovely on twitter and it was just nice to read because yeah. we do put a lot of work into it but like mm. even when i'm doing it the edit and i complain about it because i'm british and that's what we do when we have to do anything we just complain <laughs> but i think it's quite zen I quite enjoy the process of editing. Yeah, I just think it's it's nice to get little rewards, even if they're just things like 400 followers on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I might be playing with fire when I say this, but the other thing that I've really, really enjoyed is that so far no one's got in touch and be like, you guys suck, <laughs> you fucking idiots. Yeah, I think we're quite fragile, aren't we, to, to criticize. I, I've, I've been stealing myself for months for the first <laughs> angry DM and just like... One day it will come. <laughs> like, we can't please everyone, that's for sure. Yeah, no one's trying to troll us. I'm quite happy with that. Like, don't do that. That's not nice. This is a nice yeah. place for nice people. You will get blocked immediately. I'm not going to engage. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's better that I'm not part of your account because I'm a Raji and I'd probably reply with something abusive. So. <laughs> it's best not to do that. I mean, talking about the celebration of Twitter, I mean, you, we had a much greater cause for... <laughs> Uh, for jubilation Why? Uh, in your account. Oh, right, my account. Uh, 40% oh, is, German. Are we talking about the blue tick now? You are a tick haver. Yeah, apparently that's something that's exciting. I've, I've, I've been trying to get verified because I wanted yeah, I wanted to see if I could do it. been refused and then I got accepted. Sort of a surprise acceptance. You realise, because you get followed by the um, verification Twitter account 
there's only under 319,000 people or something who've verified. And you're like, well, that's Is quite... That it, yeah, really? yeah. That's so, you. like, you're kind of, like, excited by that. But ultimately, it's totally meaningless. <laughs> it's the most meaningless thing. And I was excited about it. And I was like, I can't really tell anyone. I didn't say anything on Twitter. And I, I told my wife and she laughed at us. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that's good. It's good that you said that because I think... It's one of those things that could that could send you a bit sideways. <laughs> so when I think about the verification to it, this is how fucking how much of a geek I am, right? The first thing I thought was it's like when uh, monarchs would become would become Christian because it would legitimise their rule, <laughs> so they'd all become Catholics, and that's kind of what it's like. And it's like you just become so you just turn this like like warlord into some anointed king and give them legitimacy. That's kind of what it's like, really. And uh, I didn't want to make a big show of it, but yeah, I was kind of chuffed about it. Really, I mean, yeah, it's, it's an achievement for sure. I didn't realise how how big of an achievement it was to enter that upper zero point <laughs> something percent of Twitter users. Yeah, come on, it's it's still just a an imaginary symbol on a on an on basically a social media account. I'm got a bad ego, so my ego can inflate very quickly. And it's always good to keep my, my feet firmly grounded. So everything you're doing is opposite to what should be happening. Okay, well then, listeners, if you want to message me and say, fuck your blue tick, <laughs> bring him back down in the rung after I'm pumping him up. Don't swear at me, because I don't need that. I might be having a bad day and someone listens to the podcast and then it's like 10 o'clock at night and they say, fuck you, Nick. I'm like, oh, why did you say that? I didn't say, I didn't say fuck you, Nick. I said, fuck your blue no, tick. No, just say, just say um, what I want is uh, like when they had a triumph for a victorious Roman general and they'd be going through the streets of Rome on the back of a chariot and there'd be a slave behind them going, you're only human, you're only human. <laughs> that's what it should be. You should all tweet me, you're only human. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's nice. So, yeah. Go get them, listeners. <laughs> yeah. We mentioned it last week, but it's come up again that the Christmas markets are all cancelled in Bavaria. Mm. The saddest part about that, aside from the fact that we're not going to get to enjoy some of the Feuerwehrwurst and various Glühwein-based beverages and something they make with amaretto that tastes amazing, and I don't know why, but it does. Anyway, the saddest thing about it for me is... I commute to work on public transport and all the posters for the Christmas markets in Augsburg are still up. Oh. And it's just like, oh. And you're looking at it going like, yeah, it's like sort of celebratory. Oh, we've been away for a year and we're coming back. And I'm just like, oh. I have to see, stand across from a tram stop looking at these relics, basically. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's very disheartening, uh, obviously, for the general public. And having it rubbed in your face like that isn't going to help anyone. I don't think it's being like rubbed in my face. I just think it's like... Oh. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh. Yeah, I think the fact so. that they'd already started, like mm -hmm. Glühwein was already flowing in Nuremberg uh, with, I think it was a two Zweigierig or Geimfgenesen with the app. Yeah, obviously that was the only way it was going to happen at all. And now in the face of soaring numbers and uh, issues with the whole process, it's cancelled again. And you kind of wonder what's going to happen to some of these people with these businesses that are based around Christmas because I don't want to be too disparaging to them, but a lot of them aren't necessarily going to be internet savvy to recoup their sales with the new online marketplace. And who, and, and you think as well, like the markets don't work like that, do they? Mm. They work on sort of drop-ins and people yeah. are picking things up. Don't know how many people go to a Christmas market with the intention of, I'm going to buy a Vinax pyramid and a load of sort of deco and stuff for the table. And well, I mean, it's the most expensive way to do it. It's, it's not mm -hmm. really what mm -hmm. most Germans would do. And obviously then you're pandering to a tourist market and that tourist market isn't available 
like it would be normally. So yeah, it's it's going to be very very challenging for these business owners, and yeah, heart goes out to them yeah. as well as yeah, the community as a whole would have really it would have been a wonderful end of the year for a lot of people. It was my measurement of success for how we're doing in the pandemic mm. and when they cancelled it i was like well i guess it's got a definitive answer on yeah. that they've already expanded bit support for businesses i don't know how much that extends to christmas market vendors i'm assuming it does but it it kind of felt like there was a flurry of activity last week as if everyone had sort of gone oh yeah the election's over right oh yeah we were meant to be making sure corona didn't take mm. over everywhere oh the map's gone red oh what do we do and it's that's sort of what it felt like it, it felt like everyone's attention had been focused on sort of Merkel leaving coalition and then suddenly Corona and I know it's they've been in the news sort of for a few weeks but there was a period over over the summer where like it was the fourth thing on the news mm. or something like that and now it's the number one again and it just feels like oh god we're doing this again it's pure groundhog day yeah, it does feel like that except Bill Murray's not here is the comedy comedy foil that's what we need we need a bill murray type yeah i think that that applies to any <laughs> any tragedy in life bill murray is going to improve that <laughs> bill murray pops up oh it's, i mean it's bad that this happened but bill murray's <sighs> here so ah Whew. thank god for that i'm willing to give the government the benefit of the doubt if they're doing something <laughs> and they're trying to do it as well as possible and there's obvious flaws in the system and that nothing is ever perfect, fair enough. Like, what I was surprised by was... And it's been it's been in the news, it's been talked about on the radio, it's a big thing at work, uh, sort of the, the increase in numbers, and then you look at Britain, and they've got the same, if not worse, condition. This is not even a topic of conversation until, like, yesterday when they announced that they were going to make masks mandatory. Deb, I mean, uh, when I saw that, I was like, is this a parody account? Like, is th- yeah. is this really happening now? Um, so yeah, it is, yeah, they are back in the UK, but there seems to be a, a pretty large number of people who are going to ignore this ruling because they've not had to do it for a long time. So who, how do they enforce it? That's the question, right? You have a, a, a not insignificant section of the general public that if they're challenged, especially in the UK, about not wearing their masks, their response isn't going to be, oh, I'm sorry, I'll just put it on. It's going to be, how dare you trampling on my rights, Nuremberg rules and bullshit did you see what happened when tesco's tesco's have a mm. new advert this is a few weeks old this story but like they had the new advert for is it the christmas advert and yeah, it's santa, christmas advert, yeah. Uh, there's, there's concerns about santa not being able to travel because he doesn't have the vaccine and then he turns up at the airport and he's got the vaccine pass on his phone and mm. everyone starts cheering because he's had the vaccine people were actively going to tesco's and leaving shopping trolleys full of food at the checkout in protest calling them vaccine fascists and that's the problem is you've got that. It's hardcore now. And they're motivated. It's different in Germany. There's not the same outlet as there is in Britain. There's several like prominent talking heads who, and, and certain news channels that are promoting these people yeah. who are sort of outraged about having to wear a mask and trying to find ways around the rules. And you're just like, just wear a bloody mask. It's not that hard. This isn't 1933, you know, like get a grip. Or mm. even worse, 1984. I hate that whole sort of... Um, there's a, a radio show that I saw a clip of on, on online and it was quoting 1984 and I'm like... Like, just because you've read a book by George Orwell and you, you're like, that's the trope that everyone loves. It's like, this isn't, this isn't that. It's not oppression. It's actually about collective responsibility. I wish that was the narrative. It's like be responsible to your friends and family and people you don't know by going out and doing this really basic thing that's 
scientifically backed. <laughs> Sounds an awful <laughs> lot like the doctrine of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, you think as a, as a Christian nation, apparently, Britain would be to be more caring and more Christian. But I mean, yeah, we're seeing apparent Christians, apparent Catholics and apparent C of E's being more than happy to celebrate the deaths of migrants in the channel. But again, we, we said we weren't going to talk about really bleak things and there's a lot of bleak shit. So, Well, I mean, the, the, the Christian thing is an interesting link because if we want to talk about angry Christians, uh, or at least angry Catholics, then we can go to the Bayern AGM that occurred uh, that. They <laughs> this week. <laughs> Look at me, I'm smooth as fuck, listener. Smooth <laughs> as fuck. Um, yeah, the, the, it's just, it was something. The uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, it was chaos. Like, you do you want to take the listener through the details, Simon? I'll try my best to do so. Uh, so, as Nick mentioned, this is the AGM, the annual general meeting of Bayern Munich Football Club. And Bayern being a German club, this means there is heavy representation at AGM level from fans and ultra groups. 50 plus one, exactly 50 plus one. And so, there is a voice, and it's a loud voice. And in this AGM, there was the proposal from fans and fan groups that financial and sponsorship ties with demonstrably human right abusing organizations and nations, I think that's probably the safest way I can put that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, should be allowed to end. There wasn't a suggestion of cancelling these mm. agreements with, for example, Emirates, but they said they should be allowed to lapse at the soonest possibility. And of course, these agreements and these sponsorships are worth millions to the club. Uh, and so at a board level, at a, uh, at a level of like who gets paid what, these sponsorships are hugely lucrative and hugely important. And so the fans suggested this and the board members, including Herbert Heiner, um, who is... Uh, one of the big wigs at Bayern at the moment, who is former Adidas uh, as well, so connected to the industry very well, was heckled and booed. The audio is... Uh, is the microphones were not ready <laughs> at all in, in the room. It was a sea of booing and crying. They were chanting at one point. They were chanting, yeah. we are Bayern and you are not. <laughs> and Heiner yeah. out. Heiner out, Heiner out was also another chant. Uh, yeah, the, the fans were really, really not happy. And in the end... Despite requests from, I think uh, Herr Ott was one of the uh, fan speakers there, requested to speak about it and to and to explain his points. He was told we are, we are going to talk about, it. we are talking about it, and then suddenly the meeting was ended. Mm, they all left the stage. They left the mm. stage and they left these fans to scream <laughs> into the into this empty arena to to do their speeches. So yeah, it's not a great look. <laughs> Uh, for buying no, not really i mean ostensibly it's about the deal with qatari airways which is a bone of contention with the fans who want yeah they want their club to represent their values and they feel that qatari airways doesn't or qatar airways um there was, there was a quote two weeks ago from from, from uh the former ceo rumeniger and he said, we made good money from the Qatar oh, sponsorship. God. And I'm like, you're so far away from where the fans are thinking. But yeah, I just, I mean, it's it's something that there's been a discussion sparked by the acquisition of Newcastle United by the Saudi Investment Fund. And there was a report last week about sort of adopting new regulations that would, would benefit the fans in Premier League teams. Uh, they talked about 50 plus one, but, and this is from a, 
a Tory minister uh, as well. Like it was really good, really good report. A lot of the recommendations were really solid. One of them was this golden share, which would basically be a fan veto for certain changes to like shirts or the name of the club or selling the stadium. And I think they say little things like that they can do. Mm-hmm. But even like 50 plus one doesn't get you every everything you want. No. And I think Bayern's a good example. Like it's a money maker machine. It makes the people in charge a lot of money. There's trouble brewing because if the fans aren't on side in Germany, they can really cause a lot of pain. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we're seeing at the moment in the face of Corona regulations, a lot of ultra groups aren't going to stadiums mm-hmm. and obviously they've paid for their tickets beforehand, but it does make a difference to the fan experience and how the, how the club looks. Quite. But of course, I mean, you mentioned Rummenigge, and this is one of the interesting things about these kinds of positions from these these legends of the club. When Rummenigge, who is a great player historically, when he's the one who's like, oh yeah, but look at all this money we're making. Like Even ex-footballers are, th- are looking at the balance sheet instead of the legacy mm. of the club. And you think that's... Mm. It, it makes you wonder how much of Bayern employing ex-legends is, I mean, like with Gerd Müller to protect him and to make sure that he was in a safe place. Or is it also a way to just buffer it? Because if I am an ultra and I'm furious at my club, I'm not going to be screaming at Rummenigge or Müller in the same way as if it was... Or Oliver Kahn. Um, exactly, Oliver Kahn. I'm definitely not shouting at Ollie Kahn. Like, yeah, I get a big, hefty meat paw in my face uh, covered in a Roish glove. It's the level of credibility, <laughs> right? But I think that credibility erodes yeah. very quickly, especially when you, you put yourself in, in, in sort of a position where you're, you're counter to what fans want. And it's not always the case that the fans are right. Mm. This trouble brewing. I'll wait and see. I think there's more to come from this story, certainly. Um, I'll be expecting either the board to shift position or for there to be like protests. But then again, I mean, how would you notice? Because there's going to be less fans in the stadiums now. Yeah. Just hugely encouraging that there is a moral compass um, of these groups. It isn't just about we want to be as successful as possible, give us every trophy, and we won't care what happens. Like a, a gigantic club's fan base is willing mm. to go, we are not happy with how this is being run, and we want change to happen. And we're asking for it in quite a reasonable way. Uh, I'm not saying boycott anything, it's just let things finish naturally. Uh, so, yeah, I say that this story will um, continue to roll. And as long as it's relevant and interesting, we'll probably come back to it at some point. But let's uh, let's finish this sort of back and forth update chat that we're having with um, my favourite story. Um, <laughs> he sent us this picture. I wasn't ready for this picture <laughs> on WhatsApp at all. And I'm just going to pull up this picture so I can describe it to to our erstwhile listeners. <laughs> the picture is just one one thing on the menu. And it says, loaded brekkie kebab. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks it looks appalling listener right that's the first thing i would eat it just before we <laughs> no, definitely it. Eat i would it. i would eat it without a, a second thought it's 449 which seems a reasonable price mm-hmm. but it's it's weirdly the picture has it with lettuce or some kind of there's lettuce in it yeah. green vegetable in it which is not something i would consider as part of the average breakfast but there you go uh it is a kebab this is the description. Kebab just got a wake-up call, layered with two sausages, two rashes of smoked streaky bacon, chips, spicy beans, shredded veg, lettuce and mayo wrapped in an Olympic-sized flatbread. Gold standard. I am. I am going to eat this. If I ever see it in the wild, I will eat this, and I will report back. 
because it looks you, you have to you're definitely under obligation it also i mean there are other like graphic design elements <laughs> so there's an arrow pointing at kebab for breakfast Rude not to. <laughs> no, it feels <laughs> it's like called a handful. <laughs> it feels like they've honed in on on their their fan base, and their fan base is us too. <laughs> just just do going like, yes, we all have a kebab for breakfast. Yeah. Delicious. I think I think I'll be interested to see what other things they offer. They do seem to have some kind of breakfast sort of wrap kind of thing. I'm quite into the idea of kind of Mexican style breakfast consumption. I'm quite into that. Well, they do. I mean, this well, we'll give it their name because it is bizarre. It's called Hungry Horse is the name of this, uh, Where is it this chain of restaurants. Uh, it's a chain. Um, really? It's, uh, they call themselves a pub, according to their website. Mm. Um, and so they do things like, instead of breakfast in bed, it's called breakfast in bread. <laughs> so you get a massive loaf of, uh, of bread cut open and then round oh, right, yes. with hash browns, sausages, bacon, beans, mushrooms. Free, uh, free range egg and melted cheese. Um, they do what they call the sausageness monster, <laughs> which is sausageness monster. A one meter long sausage in a bun. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I want to eat all of this stuff. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I'm above this, but they are. They're not aiming. At the uh, people going to a gym, <laughs> it's, it's very. Oh my god! I just seen this at the bottom of their page. Terms and conditions. Uh, it says terms and conditions come in your PJs. Not great news. Oh, I think I hate these people now. It does appear that there is one in Newcastle, and if I if I actually get a chance to go to Newcastle, I will go. I promise I will go to this place and I will have a breakfast kebab because I I do I'd make the sacrifices, listener. I make the sacrifices. I will do the hard stuff that uh, that others wouldn't. I'm going to be so jealous of you. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm going to be upset. It's in so a very weird place. That segment on it's your not, own. <laughs> it's not an easy accessible location. It's in like a retail park in the middle of nowhere. But it says that that's where it is, and that, my friend, is where I'm going to go. It's apparently just next door to the the the, the cell phone store. Uh, so I'll I'll get a cell phone as well. It's a Greg's next to it, so I'll just go in there, have Greg's for dessert. How about that? <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. There are loads of these. Um, I've just put in two postcodes that have some significance to me back home, and I've got three options in both of them. There you go. See, we'll, we need to synchronize, do it at the same time, FaceTime each other. I have to take daily heart medication, so I'm not sure <laughs> this is really, you can't even eat it. Oh, really no. the place for me. I, I dread to think what their sodium is. I'll eat two uh, just out of honor uh, for you. and Thank you. And then I'll probably, I'll probably take the rest of the day off. As I curl up into a small ball. (laughs) Yeah, pick one nearest the hospital. I'd say it's probably not a terrible (laughs) idea. Coalition shots. We are staring down the barrel of a brand new, shiny traffic light government. And yeah, we've mentioned how it's important to get a sort of a small understanding of politics. We are not experts. Um, but we thought it would be really interesting to have a look at who has what from the three parties. Mm. And we have some uh, positions in these ministries that have been announced, so we know who's going to be in charge. So as you may know, there are three parties that have been involved in these negotiations to decide who runs what, uh, who is responsible for what. And those three parties are, of course, uh, the SPD, the Gruner, and the F. 
DP. More on what that means uh, later. But these three parties have done a very, very good job of negotiating this Koalitionsvertrag, uh, this contract of coalition, without big releases coming. Nobody really knew who was going to get what. And there were some muted ideas about what was sensible. So, of course, environment probably should be done by the Greens. But, yeah, so now we're at the point where this this contract, this Vertrag, has been released to the public. 187 pages, I think, uh, was the length of this monster, covering the ins and outs of what the government mm -hmm. is going to be doing in the future. Yeah, positions, policies, everything was sort of in there. A lot of newspapers are focused on the fact that there's been very few leaks. That was quite a common part of the negotiation in 2017. Mm. that the FDP were involved in that ended up with the grand coalition of Merkel, CDU and uh, the SPD. I mean, there's no surprises who's becoming Chancellor. That's pretty clear no. from, from the very beginning. So the, the leader of um, the SPD or the SPD's main candidate, Mr. Olaf Scholz, is going to become the Bundeskanzler and take over uh, running the government. And there's been a lot of, sort of profile pieces who is this guy? I mean, it's funny, he's been in politics for a very long time. He's been yeah. an SPD member since he was 17. I think he's 20 years into politics, uh, which I think had a factor in his election. He was he was the most trusted out of probably the least trusted group of politicians who've been put in front of the German public at an election. It's a fair enough assessment, yeah. He was essentially deputy chancellor and finance minister for the last five years four years sorry four years that's four year cycles he's gonna he's got the top job now the sort of things you need to know about mr schultz well like i said he's very long lived in the game of politics uh he's considered himself a feminist according to zeit.de he's a funny one i read a profile in Süddeutsche zeitung that was like the love him in hamburg he built a lot of houses in hamburg as mayor uh, and he's committed to building 400,000 houses a year in Germany, mm -hmm. which is certainly needed a lot of it. So I think it was half or a third of it would be social housing, I think, mm -hmm. is what they said. Um, so that's that's a positive. And he's got a good track record of having done what he said he was going to do, at least in Hamburg. But he's also he's also been involved in financial scandals or, I mean, involved a bit, a bit heavy-handed. He was in... in a, a prominent position when scandals occurred on his watch. So things like mm -hmm. Comex that occurred in, um, when he was mayor. We also had the Wirecard scandal when he was in the finance ministry. And the Wirecard scandal is just ongoing. Like there's vast amounts of wealth that's just disappeared into thin air. Um, and a lot of people are implicated. Uh, and, and he was actually, during the election, was there was a lot of news stories coming out. The uh, CDU were targeting him because they had control of certain committees and things like mm -hmm. that. So it was it was a, a, a topic, but doesn't seem to have affected his his chances um, that much. But yeah, so he's taken over as chancellor and will be the face of the government. I, I think generally it's pretty positive. I mean, the, the, of course, one one of the things that the German is doing with Schultz is they're not falling into the trap of some, like, clown, eloquent, good presenter. Yeah, far from it. Yeah, he's criticised for being... He's not very good at talking enthusiastically. He's not fantastic at showing empathy. Do you know what his nickname um, is? What, what's his nickname? Scholz... Scholz <laughs> I think it's Scholz Omat, I think, is his name. This is, like, sort of robotic guy. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a career politician that talks and acts like a career politician. And I, for me, 
looking abroad and seeing what other leadership can look like, I'm very relieved that we have just a politician uh, instead of some like cowboy who's just desperate for the limelight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling okay uh, about Schultz as Chancellor. Um, we'll see what happens. But that's the, the most prominent position. We've also got the positions mm-hmm. of the other leaders of the other parties that make up the coalition. So we've got the Green parties yeah. taking over a number of quite important positions. There was there was some debate because Annalena Baerbock was the face or the, the, the lead candidate for the Green Party. The Green Party have two leaders. Harbeck and Baerbock. Exactly. Uh, Robert Harbeck. And so there was a conversation about, I, I believe they planned it, that if the Greens won, Baerbock would become Chancellor. I think the plan was that Harbeck would, would take over as finance minister. But there was also an agreement that what would happen if they didn't win and they went into a coalition, coalition sorry, was that Habeck would start would take a more prominent position than Baerbock. I believe that was the agreement. Mm-hmm. And so Robert um, Habeck's got Wirtschafts, what they've called the Wirtschafts and Klima Minister position, uh, which is essentially economics and climate, created a new ministry for for him. And I think that's to balance the fact he didn't get become finance minister. I think yeah. there was a that was a part of the discussion because I think the knowledge is that they need to combine finance, industry, and climate into one sort of thing. And economics and climate seems to make sense. He does have previous with the environment, so obviously he's part of the Green Party, leader of the Green Party, but he's also he was the environment minister in Schleswig-Holstein, exactly uh, right as well. So there is there's good legitimacy to this position being given to him on top of the economics as well. He's got a challenge like to try and instill the 1.5 degree plan. Yeah, they've made a they real have. solid commitment about phasing out coal and things like that, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not a cushy role that he's landed himself into. Oh, I think he's going to have a tough work, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm quite confident. I quite, mm-hmm. quite like Harbeck. Comes well. And Baerbock has been given Alsen Ministerium, uh, so she's now the foreign minister. That's a really important position as well. Obviously, it's one of the prominent positions in the government. Yeah. And I don't think it'll hurt her credibility at all. I think she'd make a, a very good... I think She seems a very reasonable person. Yeah. I'm, every time I've heard her speak, I've been very impressed. It's, it's a nice calming energy that seems to be rational mm-hmm. and understanding, not dismissive. As far as what's been shown, she's by far and away the best English speaker uh, of the candidates as well, and obviously for Alson Minister, Schultz is pretty solid. Schultz is pretty Schultz solid. Schultz is fine, but he's, he does have a bit of like he he sounds yeah. like a German politician speaking English, whereas Baerbock <laughs> sounds like someone who's <laughs> actually a like a little bit more American. Yeah, right? she's maybe lived in an English world a bit more than Schultz has. But I mean, yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. Schultz was asked a question, uh, and yeah, he dealt with it really nicely. There was a little slip in the, in his answer, I think, linguistically that mm. you could pick up on. But yeah, he's, he's not shy. He's not going to refuse to speak English. And again, that's something that's nice to see um, yeah. for us <laughs> as English speakers. But yeah, I think Baerbock is, is primed to do a, a very good job. I mean, she does also have previous as well. She has a degree in international law, uh, which of course is a great foundation. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, having a foreign minister with a degree yeah. in the topic that they're going to cover. Yeah. Huh, funny, uh, funny that, She right? began her work in the EU Parliament as well, so she understands uh, that element of it, which is really, really exciting. But she has a lot on her hands. Like, she has a lot on her hands as, as a foreign minister. Yeah, she's going to have to deal with Russia. Yeah. Nord Stream 2 and things like that. Those are really, really huge mm-hmm. things. Belarus currently... Mm-hmm. Uh, the hottest of potatoes for her to be uh, dealing with. But yeah, she's the first uh, woman to represent Germany as a foreign minister uh, as well. So that's it's fantastic. Really, really hope uh, that it goes well 
uh, for her because it is a very very difficult time to be a Olsen minister. Is that a, is that a, a thunderclap and sort of the sound of witches cackling in the distance? It must be. It must be. We're going to talk about the FDP, <laughs> uh, my favourite party. Uh, Oh. <laughs> oh god watch out there's a dragon yeah so the fdp are the last party to make up the coalition and their leader christian lindner has taken a break from uh his photo shoots with of, that he had during the election where you just you'd be driving around a corner and there'd just be a giant black and white photo of christian lindner hunched over a desk working hard for the people yeah, i never saw a color one <laughs> I've, I've only seen him in black and white apart from didn't even TV. know what color hair he had <laughs> uh anyway uh, christian linda's got his prize the thing that he was really going for throughout i think the focus there was no expectation that the fdp would win any outright election and so i think there was a realistic expectation that if linda could get a certain percentage certain or certainly over 10 percent, there would be part of any coalition discussions and lo and behold and Christian Linders coveted the finance ministry for ooh, ever, basically. I think it was part of the reason he didn't. He broke down negotiations in 2017 as they weren't willing to offer him that position. And it's a position of a lot of power, given that yeah. Germany's the economic powerhouse, as we're often told, of Europe. It is the holy grail of the FDP. It is the only thing that they would really, really, really want. Good news for Mr. Lindner. <laughs> How it is for the rest of us is a bit of a concern. I mean, a Nobel laureate in economics has warned against him being finance minister because um, of his focus on the Schulz Brems of the debt break and the fact that he's publicly said there'll be no tax increases, which, I mean, it sounds great to the middle stand. Debt break, I just find so, yeah, it just, it's so ludicrous mm. that, and, and, and it's been so damaging. It's essentially austerity dressed up as sensible economic policy. It's not benefiting yeah. the, the, the the poorest in society but um he's a big proponent and i think everyone is really i mean everyone in that government seems to be fine with the idea of it coming back in once the pandemic's over so but like you said there's been a lot of criticism there's a lot of worries in the eu about him becoming finance minister because i know he's he keeps a tight a tight purse and so we'll have to see what all these grand plans we'll have for the economy all these great ideas which we're going to talk about in a moment sort of have to be tempered by the knowledge that someone who's tight with the purse strings is in charge so the other thing that i do whilst we've got the fdp on the menu here the other one of the other departments they've been given i mean they've been given ministry of education and research mm-hmm. uh ministry of justice but the one that i find most troubling is the care and digitalis uh transport and digitalization uh which is being going to be run by a man called uh, volker Vissing. it kind of goes against uh the direction that we should be going and giving uh transport to the FDP, you really kind of hoped beforehand that it was going to go to the Greens because obviously Germany is a very auto-centric nation and there has to be sort of strong green-facing policies um, if the transport industry can can help out uh, in the targets that are being set by this coalition government. And yeah, it's kind of hard to see the FDP cracking down on that they've already suggested uh, a tax reduction for diesel engines which is just bizarre well that's that's going to be the tension isn't it you've got these different departments and will they all be pulling in the same direction which is what we need Mm. yeah i mean i don't think it's a it's 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 not like in britain where it's it's very transparent the kinds of corruption i'm not accusing anyone of corruption or anything like that but i think there's there's a lot of connections between the obviously the fdp and business it's their big their big thing is that how their business focused and sensible budgeting, blah blah blah. And there's no reason to say that they won't be pulling together. I'm sure that they seem very clear on what the plan is. 
but that's where tensions are going to arise, surely. One other thing I quickly wanted to mention before we move on to the policies themselves is, is a green candidate ah, yes. who is going to be running the Landwirtschaft and Verbraucherschutz, uh, Agriculture and Consumer Protection. And they've given it to Ozdemir. Yeah, I love him. I love, I love Cem Ozdemir. I find him just, well, I love him. <laughs> he is great. Big fans of Ozdemir. And it's kind of it's surprising he wasn't able to, to get a slightly more prominent position. But those, those days will come naturally the interesting thing about it is he's going to be running agriculture and he's the first vegetarian yeah uh, to do that uh, so that's going to be an interesting position to to bring in the face of farmers who love beef and pork and the like um, so yeah there's an interesting appointment there i think the thing with chair most me as well he's he's a rock star in that party yeah. like when you see him on on talk shows like he's very i find it very impressive i do mm-hmm. think he's he's not always right and i think he has problems when it comes to being criticised to a certain extent, but I think mm-hmm. I think it'll be, again very interesting appointment. But anyway, the, the, these are all the exciting politicians. But th- what the hell are they going to be doing when they <laughs> get into their ministries? Well, luckily, the rest of the Coalitionsvertrag gave us some insight into the uh, the main topics. So we're going to buzz through some of these and talk about yep. some of the interesting ones. But the central topics uh, are things that the sort of central points that they're going to focus on are higher wages in care and additional corona care bonuses mm-hmm. a dedicated corona crisis team which is already in place they already voted on it and they've already put it into place even before they've taken over government yep. uh, an, an increase in the minimum wage to 12 euros that's a very big positive mm-hmm. uh, the voting age will be reduced to 16 years which is something we've talked about and i think yeah. will be again very positive and it will have a dramatic impact on the cdu because <laughs> I think yeah. there's not a lot of young people voting for them and as we've seen they're already having a hard time with the voters that are, st- <laughs> that yeah. are in their bracket. And I think we'll see a boost to the Green Party there, uh, for but sure. But also the FDP. I mean, a lot of young people, when asked, did say they would vote FDP. So, yeah, you can understand why this got through, because otherwise this, this is definitely mainly beneficially for the Greens. Um, but, yeah, FDP are happy to see uh, some rich kids from Munich being allowed to vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there's going to be some changes made to Hartsvier, which is the the benefit system that, that, that there was replaced the old benefit system, I think in the early 2000s, right? There was, it's yeah. named after the guy who suggested it or who mm-hmm. worked on the documentation for it. And it's going to be replaced by something called the uh, citizen's benefit. Um, that yeah. does concern me because I'm not entirely sure with the FTP holding the purse strings, whether, yeah, are they going to come up with something that's really going to help the poorest in society? I have a problem. It doesn't look great that. for that. I mean, we're seeing pensions being raised, I think, at 0.8%, which, of course, is much lower than inflation. And, yeah, Hartsphere will probably be less than that. So, yeah, it's not great news. They're certainly going to be working a lot on, I think, on the rights for uh, the LGBTQ community, for sure. When it comes to gay rights, there are two big things that are going to be changing that's, that's very, very positive. One is that there's going to be a removal of the ban on on gay men donating blood right okay and there is also going to be a complete banning of conversion therapy which is incredibly good news because conversion therapy is poisonous nasty nasty thing that leads to all sorts of horrible end results uh, for the community so yeah very very happy uh, to see that being addressed in this coalition for targets, and, as and well. something for us migrants, and I think this is what Simon was mentioning that I haven't, I hadn't, I hadn't actually cottoned on until until I got to the part of the script 
<laughs> it's clearly stated. Um, they're going to change the rules and the road to citizenship. Um, they're going to make dual yeah. citizenship more easy. And so I guess that means that you're going to be able to get citizenship now. Yeah, this is it's massive news for me on a personal level and a lot of other people as well because the way it's been for a long time uh, is you have to give up your your first passport. So if you're an American... It's very, very hard to get dual citizenship, so you have to choose between remaining an American and becoming a German, and that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I'd come to the point now where I was stealing myself to lose my British citizenship and become a German, um, but I wasn't eligible yet. Even though I was born here, even though I've lived here for a long time, there were X, Y, and Z reasons why I couldn't qualify at those points. And even after I got married, being married to a German only counts when you're living in Germany. Uh, and my wife and I almost immediately emigrated to the US for three years. So it's only now. So December will already be here at the time of listening. I'm now at my three years where I can start applying uh, for my citizenship. So that's really, really exciting news. And I'm thrilled that I can keep uh, my UK passport by the looks of it yeah I'm gonna look forward to seeing that mighty beard on a Deutsches Ausweiss in the very very f- near future it's gonna be excellent I'm really excited for you yeah sorry my hangover clouded me from understanding what how, how positive that is <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for a lot of people it'll be five years is kind of the norm uh, and three years mm. in I forget the phrasing but for exceptional circumstances uh, and I'm hoping that being married counsellors <laughs> we'll see mm. uh, but i need to talk to an immigration lawyer so if we do have any immigration lawyers willing to give me some advice uh, yeah i think if you just contact the um the Ausland, um, um Ausland, yeah. i think you'll be able to get some information i think that'll be it, it'll be fine uh i'm not in any major hurry but uh, it would be nice to use those lovely eu gates at uh heathrow <laughs> instead of yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> get out there um yeah so let's just jump through a couple of the uh <clears throat> the other areas yep. where some positives are, are to be found and some negatives well we'll start with the environment since this is the year of the green party mm-hmm. we've got the the phase out of coal by 2030 or later yep. uh, which is it isn't exactly filling me with hope but it's it's we've got a date i think there's a realistic uh, like when merkel decided we're going to phase out nuclear power by 2025 and 2010 uh, and 2010 after the Fukushima disaster, and I was like, "That seems a little bit mm. ropey as an idea." I think there's a acceptance that they need to be sort of serious about it, but they're getting serious by putting a date. Uh, it's, they've only got a few years to get get going, so we'll see. Yep. Nuclear phase out is going to continue, yep. so we'll see if they meet that target. I doubt they will, but I think it's again, it's important. An immediate climate protection program, uh, and. The, every legislative proposal should be subjected to a climate check. In the case of commercial new buildings, solar energy will be compulsory on the roof, and in on private uh, new buildings, it should become the rule. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's also uh, a big one. Electricity prices for private households and businesses at the fall. Uh, the end of the internal combustion engine is agreed, and that'll be, I think, is it 2030 or is it 2035? 2035. The Greens wanted 2030, mm-hmm. uh, but they weren't able to, to get that agreed to. Yeah, there will be no general speed limit on motorways. God, side dunk! <laughs> All these people, well, that's a real <laughs> voting issue. <laughs> so they're, they're not going to put speed limits on the roads now, is that the plan? I think they were said that they were going to, right? That was a few weeks ago, there was sort of a some sort of whispers about 140 on the on the autobahn or something like that. I think it would be really hard to impose and I think it would also 
there'd be so many people who break the rules, I think. I yeah. think it's a good idea. In principle, I'm not against it, but I think it, 140 is a little bit slow. I'd be more tempted by 160. That's fast, but it's not like anyone, I why, think. Why not, make it once, why not make it 170, you know? Anything less than <laughs> 200, I think, is, is reasonable enough. Because I think modern cars, someone who's an attentive driver can drive at 200 kilometers an hour in the right conditions. So as far as finances go, debt break is going to come back from 2023. So Linda will be happy with that. No tax increase, as previously mentioned. Investments haven't really been clarified at this point in the contract, but we have the quote uh, from Robert Harbecker. He says, we know what we want and we know how to pay for it. Uh, so if that's not reassuring, tough shit. <laughs> this is what we're getting. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting any more than that. <laughs> uh, minimum wage, as mentioned, is going to be adjusted uh, once in quotes in 2022. And it's going to 12 euros an hour. Uh, the mini job limit is going to rise to 520 euros because that is a big part for a lot of people. Uh, working a mini job means you don't pay any tax on it, and there are lots of other financial incentives to remain under that limit. Mm-hmm. So 520 is the new one that makes a big difference. Hartsphere is now being called Burgergeld, uh, as Nick mentioned. Uh, and home office is going to be offset against your tax in 2022 as well. So, of course, that's going to have big implications for a lot of people. So, yeah, finances, we know what we want and we know how to pay for it. That's what we're getting so far. Uh, There's a rent break. (laughs) Mietbremse. Yeah, exactly, to support the uh, sort of rental market and the consumer more than the landlord. So the the increase in rents is limited to 11% for three years, and before it was 15%. So they're not going to be gouging as much but i think there's still going to be people who will see that as a loss rather than a victory and apartments can no longer be paid for with cash you know because that's really suspect except if you live in bavaria (laughs) where i assume everyone buys everything with cash like there's someone just turning up with a hold all i got 600 grand here i'd like to buy your home okay One of the next ones we have is digitization. Uh, and I guess the headline is that fiber optic is going to be everywhere long term. Believe it when I see it. Yeah. So the Traffic Light Coalition wants what they're calling a digital awakening because we know Germany's been snoozing on this for a while. So there's going to be a central additional digital budget and every law should also have a digitization check. So we've got environment check and digitization check. Check, check. On education, that well, first and foremost, there's a guarantee of education, which is what we all want i guess i'm assuming that's for people who maybe can't have access to certain levels or certain it doesn't guarantee that you will be educated at the end yeah, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. have access you do have to do the homework right <laughs> the budget for, for for research and development which is an interesting way of terming sort of working out new class ideas and doing all this stuff is going to be set at um 3.5% of the gross domestic product. So they're going to invest a lot of money in improving. That's a lot of money, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of innovative teaching. In my experience speaking to teachers, there's a lot of innovative teaching out there. It's just not shared that much. Mm. And I think there's a lot of people doing a lot of really good things, but people don't know about it because the communication between schools is poor. So I hope that will improve. Families, there's a basic child benefit to be introduced. What they call a new start for an old project is uh, children's rights should be included in the basic law, which is surprising that they haven't been. So It's far. kind of mad that it wasn't already the case. But yeah. yeah, so the partners are going to get paid for two weeks off work once a child is born. That's, uh, from my experience, again, I had to take holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really sensible thing, making, uh, obviously, as a new parent or a slightly new parent or a less than new parent, but yeah, whatever, I'm obviously going to support ideas <laughs> Especially if there's a chance that the second one might come along. <laughs> and they're removing a, a, a contested 
paragraph from the law, which is section 219A. And this means that the ban on advertising for doctors who perform abortions is no longer applicable. It's one of these strange little grey areas that people forget when they were praising the liberal nature of Angela Merkel's government or Angela Merkel's government, sorry, mm-hmm. that actually doctors couldn't advertise that they were able to perform abortions because, you know, Catholicism and all that um, and conservatism, like women's health. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot of a lot of grey haired old men deciding how how women's health should be managed. Anyway, this is really good news. It's, it's, it's fantastic news. It's I think it's really positive. sensible. Yeah, next we have the elections. And as we said already, the voting age is going to be brought down to 16. And there is going to be a reform of the electoral law um, so that it limits the amount of members of the Bundestag. So it's not just going to be exponential growth getting larger mm. and larger and larger. So there's going to be a limit put on the Bundestag as well. That's sensible because we have the largest Bundestag ever, I think, at this point. Yeah. Now. Um, so that's pretty wild. Meaty. For the for the Bundeswehr and the the armed forces, they're getting some exciting new toys. Uh, they're going to get some <laughs> terrifying armed drones. And that's, that, interestingly, the purchase of armed drones has been failing because of the resi- resistance of the SPD. But who are now in charge? <laughs> who are now in charge and now are buying armed drones? That's not exactly the greatest signal. Uh, and the uh, evacuation of Afghanistan is going to be investigated, which is a good idea. Although I think Germany's role in it was certainly minor in comparison to, you know, America and and Britain. This is going to be the finding, isn't it? We didn't want to, but we were made to. Because once the the people with all the guns leave, it's kind of (laughs) difficult for us to kind of keep order. I don't imagine Joe Biden's got a lot of time for investigations into bad decisions that he made. So, But don't worry, he's a great president, great old Joe Biden, (laughs) blah, 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 blah. Uh, Immigration, (laughs) moving quickly on for slandering the most powerful nation on earth. So the right of residence, as we said, is going to be changed. Um, People living in Germany for five years on January the 1st, 2022, who have not committed a criminal offence and are committed to basic law can get a one-year residence permit on probation. That's good. There's not going to be a work ban for asylum seekers uh, whose proceedings are still pending. And that is, of course, huge news. Yeah, I get the last topic, so... The last thing on the agenda is something we've already mentioned. We've mentioned for the last two weeks, which shows how clearly pleased we are about this this development. (laughs) The sort of headline-grabbing story was that in future, adults will be able to buy cannabis for consumption in licensed shops. After four years, a review is to be carried out to determine what the effects have been. So there's going to be um, that's going to be a very interesting thing to see roll out. I don't know how it's going to kind of going to work. I and mean, one of the the, the positive, I mean, obviously this is a positive story that I'm personally very happy to to read about. I kind of feared that this coming out was going to mean there was going to be some like nasty counterpoint somewhere in this for drug that we're going to be like we're giving you cannabis, but we're taking away X, Y, and Z. Mm. So. This is the balance. And it doesn't seem that that's the case. I'm, I'm happier now than I was even two weeks ago when this was announced. It seems wait, that this is just a good let's idea. Let's wait and see. Let's not yeah. jump the gun. Come on. <laughs> just, I'm not going to look at it or think about it until until I see a shop pop up on the high street. That's that's where I'm going to be. I mean, I'm not going to be there. I'll be looking at it and admiring the liberal decision-making of our fine government. Anyway. <laughs> Watching Simon go in. Anyway. Servus, meine Damen und Herren. A B 
big thank you to Karen, Dilly, and our Ultras who all retweeted or shared the show this week. Also, massive big ups to Katya and Karen who are so dedicated as to have us as their number one podcast in the recently released Spotify Wrapped for last year. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. Retweet us, share a link or post with the hashtag decades from home or lowercase on Twitter or Instagram. You can also support the podcast by going to coffee.com forward slash decades from home, spelled K-O hyphen fi.com forward slash decades from home one word and contributing to keep us well stocked with tea and beer as ever if you have any questions feedback or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover you can tweet me simon on at decades from home and you can tweet nick at 40 percent german you can also get us on 40 percent german at gmail.com if you have time take a look at 40 percent german.com weekly articles are up every saturday all that's left is to say thanks and bis zum nächsten mal